No, we're not live just yet, but we, we are we are live in just a moment here. All right. <laughs> All right. What's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker, and this is WP Water Cooler, and this is episode number 305. 305. Ooh. Say, I just want to make sure that you are aware of the fact that we are recording this live. We are streaming this live, both to YouTube as well as to Facebook and on um, on Twitter using Periscope. So um, feel free to let your mom know where we're, we're, we're recording this and she can uh, pick, pick her uh, method of choice and then be able to, to watch the live stream. My mom's only on Twitch, so I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. I'll make sure to get it on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go around the room real quick and get everyone introduced. Steve, you know what? You and I, we, we well, even Jonathan had this problem as well, where we we always were at the end of the list and, and I feel that we need to start at the begin at the end. We'll, we'll just... Uh, Sort this back. I, I'm, wait, I'm going first. I never go first. I have a Z last name. I know, right? <laughs> I am Steve Zenkin. I'm the founder of Zeke Interactive, and I run the OC WordPress meetup. Awesome. Good to have you, as always, Steve. Thank Jonathan, you. you know, you're you're second to last in the list here. So, how about you? Tell us about yourself. Jonathan Wold. Um, I love WordPress. I live in North Idaho, and I work at XWP. Nice. Um, let's see here, Weston. How about you? Yeah, Weston Ruder. I am a Googler uh, engineer, and I work on AMP and PWA. Awesome. Awesome. See, Reed, how about you? No, well, hello. You nope. <laughs> <laughs> I know how technology works. No, you uh, don't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my name is Say Reed, and I make WordPress, teach WordPress, preach WordPress, love WordPress, um, Decry WordPress, WordPress, internalize WordPress, externalize WordPress on all the things <laughs> at Say Read Media. I'm also a big fan of Google, despite all uh, my desire <laughs> to not be totally. <laughs> I can't help it. Well, we're, we're surrounded by Googlers at this point here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alberto, how about you? Tell us about yourself. Yes, um, I'm also a, an engineer at Google, and together with Weston, uh, we are part of a, a team that is called Content Experience. And uh, we work on a lot of initiatives that have to do with making the web as good as it can be. And uh, that includes specifically things like AMP and progressive technologies. Awesome. Well, it's good to have you on. Jason Cosper, you know, you are towards the beginning of the list every single time. So, um, yeah, I don't like I'm, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm happy to bring up the rear. What's up, everybody? Uh, Jason Cosper, uh, a.k.a. Fat Mullenweg, and I'm holding out. For for a hot bot revival. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at Jason Tucker on Twitter. My website is jasontucker.blog. And um I do this show as well as another show called WP Blab where we talk about social media marketing with WordPress. But before you go take a look at that on Thursdays, we do that. Um and also this show, just to let you know, this particular show is brought to you by Desktop Server and Server Press. So make sure you go take a look at them over at uh at ServerPress's website, they do some amazing stuff on um, all sorts of things of being able to create live, uh, create websites on locally on your computer and be able to push those out live and be able to kind of play with things in WordPress, but in a local environment. So thank you very much for them and all the stuff that they do for us. All right, let's talk a little bit about AMP. Uh, my understanding is Google had something to do with that at one point, right? And then uh, after that, what happened? What ended up happening with 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 AMP? I, I've heard uh, just recently we had um, kind of some governance stuff that happened, and then what went what went from there? Um, either of you two, either Western or Alberto, would you guys be able to kind of talk into that a teeny bit? 
Uh, well, AMP is a, a project that started around 2015, towards the end of, of 2015, I believe. Um, and, and the purpose of, of AMP is um, address, you know, performance issues that, you know, take place when you try to run web pages on mobile devices, uh, sure. mostly, right? And, and there are many reasons why that is the case. What is an initiative, an open source initiative that um, emerged out of the need to do certain things to ensure that users get the best experience possible when they access in the web on mobile devices. Um, and it, the project has evolved quite a bit since it since started 2015. Um, and now it's, it's basically um, not, it's not an alternative uh, format to, to, to ensure performance, but it's actually a full framework that on top of which you can build fast and beautiful websites overall. Um, awesome. So the, go the governance model that, that the project that you are mentioning is basically trying to, uh, or the materialization of actually the AMP project to be a open source, truly community driven project moving forward. Very cool. Yeah, and the reason why I brought that up initially um, at, at the top here is is the fact that, you know, a lot of folks believe that that AMP and Google are that's that that's how those two pieces are are married, you know, forever. And the fact that they're just, you know, Google is definitely involved in AMP, but, but there's plenty of other co uh, communities and projects that are kind of tied into this as well, right? Yes. So, you know, AMP was spearheaded by Google, and uh, as I said. Um, there was this realization that things were in very bad shape and, and we needed to do something. And, and there were basically two paths to follow, right? Um, either we sit down and wait until the web evolves by itself organically and things uh, go well, or we do something at the moment that, you know, right now, in order to provide good user experience right now. And yes, so when Google way. chose. <laughs> right now. <laughs> So, I'm going to respond to that situation. Uh, and then, yeah. Yeah, and, and the key thing that what Google did was use open technologies to go down the path of delivering something as soon as possible. And AMP was started out as a reaction against the mobile web really being suffering and being a horrible user experience. And so that's that was the initial focus of AMP was to save the, the mobile web, but to do it in a way that is fully open source and that you host your own AMP pages on your own domains. And then, but and over time now, AMP has evolved to a point where it's not just about mobile, it's just about the web and AMP is a framework that you can use for desktop pages or mobile pages or anything, a framework for your entire site. I want to add two things that we talked about last week. I think it's important for folks to remember because it's like done in the open, we, we, we need to be a little bit more, like generous about like WordPress is a great example because all these things are done <laughs> it's very easy to like form opinions and feel strongly about things. So, and, and it's warranted, right? Like this is the trade off of things being done in the open. This is why a lot of companies get scared of it, but like that the app is, is kind of built in the open. The other thing that I think is really important for this particular project is how much it's evolved since it started and a lot of people, because it came from Google, like like were looked at it, gave it a lot of interest and attention in the early days, and then formed their opinions based on what AMP was at its start. And there's a lot of smart people working on it. It's evolved significantly in the years since. So I think that that's always like I think worth reminding folks of is if you had an opinion based on AMP in the past, take a look again. Um, but WordPress a is a blogging platform. 
Um, I have a question about that. So you get so it evolved and it switched from being a explicit an explicit Google project to being open source. Um, can you talk maybe a little bit about that? So you've both been on the project since then, yes? Um, I mean, well, uh, yeah. So I would, I would, I, I it, it was never meant to be a Google project. So it started from the beginning as an open source initiative. Mm. So it was never a project uh, that we develop and then we open source. Yeah. So then uh, to that same question, then. Um, how did you decide upon the governance structure for that, given that you have Google, which is this large company, and then you have a, um, you know, this open source thing that you're trying to do? I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, it started out as uh, a BDFL model, like with WordPress, with Matt Mulvick being the BDFL of, of WordPress. And benevolent dictator for life uh, for the project. And AMP came to a point where that model was inhibiting its adoption because people didn't trust maybe the BDFL. And so then the open governance model came about to make it inclusive to other companies who would then be given a say in the governance structure of, of the future of AMP. Yeah. And the way that that was approached is, uh, you know, you know, there are a lot of, uh, important contributors to the open source world, uh, people that has like open open web passionate advocates. So there was a process that actually we were not involved with, but they was reaching out and then engaging. So like, hey, you know, would you like to be part of this effort? And then there is a board of advisors and a technical committee, you know, advisory board. So it was a lot of thinking into it and then, you know, a lot of reaching out and engaging with the community and then see who was going to be part, you know, that, yeah, to make sure that it's like diverse and inclusive and actually is a truly uh, open source governance model. Where are those documents published somewhere on the web right now? Like the AMP governance model again? Yes, yes, no there is a, I'm asking. Yeah, if you check the, the amproject.org site, um, there are, there is information there. Um, you can definitely, it is publicly available. Groovy. So do you think that might be helpful to your friend? Yeah, I think my help, my friend's gonna be really excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> so the so to change gears a little bit um, on this, how um, how should someone um, kind of step, you know, get their first step into using AMP on their site? Like, what what's what should people be looking for and kind of working through um, their journey of um, implementing AMP on their on their website? Are you are you referring to like AMP in general or AMP in WordPress? Uh, AMP in WordPress, yeah. And is it maybe worth speaking to the why first before the how? I was going to say, yeah, like sure, why, yeah. why would people... Why would probably be a good one, yeah. Yeah. I think the, the main thing, one of the main reasons of being for AMP is like with WordPress to democratize publishing, AMP is really about democratizing performance. And it is very difficult as a developer to know all the best practices to develop a high-performance website. And so AMP makes all of those best practices part of the platform itself. And so you don't have to worry about asynchronous JavaScript or render blocking resources or critical assets or uh, layout reflows, all that stuff. AMP makes that all part of the framework itself. And then it's all just JavaScript, CSS, uh, and HTML. And so by following the AMP specification for which there's a validator, then you can be uh, assured, not promised, but you probably are going to be 
having a website is going to be much more performant than you would if you did it from scratch. Yeah, and in order to answer your question to how to get started, um, so a project that we have been uh, pushing a lot uh, for the past two years is uh, AMP plugin, the official AMP plugin for WordPress. Um, so we actually, the version 1.0 stable was released for WordCamp US last year. Um, so the AMP plugin supports a lot of what you need to, to get started with AMP in WordPress. It's important to realize that the AMP plugin is not a turnkey solution. So it's not that you have any WordPress site with a lot of plugins and uh, uh, an arbitrary team and then you turn the plugin on and everything works. Um, but it definitely offers you a lot of capabilities and a lot of features that make the development process easier and then and we are working into making you know something that i like to think about you know solution packs like you know like you have all the components that you need to have a fully incompatible publishing experience from the get-go um and there are like also support for core themes all the 20 you know all the core themes from 2015 to 2019 are incompatible supported by the Communities, you know, starting into you know making incompatibility for plugins and themes and so on. And there are people developing websites. You can check amp dash uh, amp dash wp dot org. Um, so and then there's a lot of information there about the plugin, how to download it, you know, how it works, uh, some showcases and and so on. And that site is going to grow significantly this year. And um, hopefully the community is going to like ad ad adopt it more and more. Yeah, and this plugin is the one that's at wordpress.org slash plugin slash amp. And this is the one, the first amp plugin for WordPress, the one that was introduced shortly after amp became a project. And as part of that, when amp was in its infancy, it had a limited limited feature set. So that's why you saw so many of those templates out there that had a very basic template with just the blue bar at the top and the basic text and not very, you know, aligned at all with your main site. And so now with last year, one of the big things we were working on was was bringing the AMP plugin up to date to be able to leverage all the features of AMP today. And so now with the AMP plugin, you can take your existing theme that you have active and enable AMP on that, and it can reuse your active themes, templates, and style sheets and serve them as AMP. And it will get you, let's say, 80% of the way there to having a your your site being served as AMP. And the, the core themes from 2015 to 2019 have built-in built in support in the plugin. But if you have plugins, because one of the one of the requirements of AMP is that you can't have custom JavaScript and you have to use AMP components instead to do that so that it can help guarantee performance and security. And so if you have plugins that introduce JavaScript, then those are going to be stripped out by the AMP plugin. So that's one important thing to remember. Although the plugin does have, if you have uh, a theme or plugin that has built-in fallbacks for if you have JavaScript turned off in your browser, the AMP plugin will will essentially promote those fallbacks as the the AMP alternative to when those JavaScripts get pulled out. So, yeah, yeah. solid. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was the question. Go ahead. I was saying, part of our efforts on something that we wanted to achieve was try to integrate AMP content creation in WordPress in, a, in the way that content is created in WordPress in the first place. So we didn't want to, you know, there are other AMP plugins around and there are other strategies that people follow that they try to just take your content and, you know, keep your version of it or like 
restrict you to use only what they want you to, you know, to, or they, they allow you to use. The approach that we have is like, we want to empower WordPress developers to create AMP content, plugin makers to make their plugins AMP compatible, and team developers to make the teams uh, AMP compatible. So the plugin is a tool, it's a developer tool, and it's also an element of a technology solution for AMP compatible sites. Yeah, and it, it allows you to, to build AMP based WordPress sites in the WordPress way. So if you develop a exactly. theme, you just use WP NQ style, you know, all the regular template calls the, that you would normally do, you just continue to do that. And the AMP plugin, if it encounters something that's invalid, then it will, it will remove it from the response, but it will tell you that it was, is removing it and it will tell you where it's coming from. So if you have Jetpack installed or something, and, and there's a module in Jetpack that's doing something that isn't AMP compatible, it'll say, Jetpack is adding the script to the page. You should probably check this out and make sure that it's not adversely impacting how the page is performing. I just want to call out one of the things that, I mean, for all those, for those of us in WordPress for a long time, like there's this thing like the WordPress way, and it can be very kind of frustrating and intimidating for people who don't have that context. So I want to like, it's, from my perspective, Google gets a lot of credit for taking the time to figure out like, okay, we, what does it mean to do things the WordPress way and things like Wesson's mentioning, like, okay, it's not about replacing all these things. How can we bring the power of AMP, this democratization of performance within what WordPress is. And I think that's something that we're still, it's still a moving target. There's still lots of work to be done, but there's so many early promises of that. And that came as a result of investing in, okay, let's understand WordPress and, figure out how to bring what we have to what the things that we know because Google, they're experts on performance. They, they have all this expertise and capability. And how do we bring that to WordPress? And it's taken time. It's taken years. And, but now you're starting to see the payoff of that. It's, it's a relief that uh, the WordPress way you're referring to is that rather than install a bunch of plugins and hope it works. Cause for a lot of people, that's the, the WordPress way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there, is a, there is a degree to hoping it works because if you have plugins and themes that use a lot of javascript then those aren't going to work of course yeah 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 uh but the, to answer your question at the beginning they say like why would you know why somebody would want to create amp content in wordpress right um and i think that men, uh, weston uh, and jonathan mentioned this before but there have been a lot of studies that tied performance to user retention, to user engagement, right? So to monetization. So at the end of the day, as a publisher, you want to succeed with your content strategy. And there are two ways to do it. You can take care of yourself, all the, of all the performance and content experience quality that you want to achieve. But AMP is a, a, a library that allows you to do all those things very easily and continuously. So you don't have to be worrying about, oh, I have performance, now it's gonna, I'm gonna add this JavaScript and my performance went bonkers. So if you want to, in the, in the, in the spirit of democratizing awesome content experiences, AMP is a tool that allows you to, to do that. Yeah, it helps you to develop the AMP site and then maintain the AMP performance right. as you go forward. Uh, when Leo was on the show uh, last week, he was talking about um, what was the the acronym? I have never built one of these yet. But the the, uh, right. the idea of having a what was it PWA? Yeah, yeah. The that idea of having something that was more of a um, more of an application that that's running rather than an yeah, that's just yeah, that's that, That's a very tricky definition that we should like address carefully because the PWA term is a bloated 
uh, yeah. uh, term that has been used for many things. Uh, the way that we are looking at it in, from the content experience uh, team at Google and in Google in general is like the web is evolving, you know, and the, the, the capability gap between what you can do in the web versus what you can do in native apps on mobile phones is closing with time by the addition of new APIs to the web platform. So all these new APIs and the way that the web platform is evolving is what we call the progressive web. Now, the progressive web capabilities allow you to do many, many things. And one of the things that they allow you to do is that to build websites sometimes, in some cases, that behave similarly to native apps in terms, for example, of like having uh, your, your website installed in your home screen or like having a full screen view or working offline. But there are many other progressive capabilities that not necessarily fall into the definition of progressive web app. And that's another area that we have been working uh, heavily on, but it's, it's related to AMP, but it's also its own thing. And the reason yeah. why I brought that up was the was the simple fact that when you were saying earlier is that is that having custom JavaScript run on the site, where's that balance at if the if the your business or what your goal is on that site is to have custom JavaScript run to do something on the site? How how do you kind of bridge that gap between the two? One of the key uses or use cases of AMP is as a embeddable content unit. And so if you have a, a single page application website, SPA, where you have, you know, the header and footer and you click around and it's, it, you're not leaving the page, but it, you know, maybe the URL updates or should update, but you know, it's, it's like an application and maybe you have a audio player in the bottom and it's continuing to play as you click around. Well, AMP is ideally suited for, for being used in the content area because AMP uses web components, which are able to, they are encapsulated and can, they can construct themselves and they can tear themselves down. And so AMP is specifically, there's a specific API called the AMP shadow API, which is designed for taking AMP document and embedding it inside of that, that kind of a single page application context. Okay. So yeah, and also, outside, but down on the yeah. inside, yeah. And also to complement that, um, and AMP is not necessarily an all or nothing thing. So you could have your whole website built on AMP, but there are some cases that you suggested that, well, you know, I want to have this third party JavaScript here because this has specific feature that I want to provide. Well, probably that piece of content is not going to be AMP compatible, but it could be part of a bigger site that has some AMP content and some non-AMP content. And usually AMP content is very, very effective. In, it's very effective in general in terms of content experience, but we think of, of it as a very good um, first experience when you use to find your content. If you, for example, your, your site uh, is distributed via search results. So you want that first experience when the user clicks on your site to be snappy, to be very, 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 very pleasant. And then the user can navigate <laughs> to the main site Screw them later. <laughs> 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 this is uh, like a bait and switch. You're now. like, you thought my website was fast, but it's not. There's a lot of jobs. Exactly. And then you, and then when you have it in your website, then you try to monetize them. And no, no. What's your email address? Who cares? This is why this matters, right? Like, this is part of why the plugin matters. It's about, like, what we want to see next is, like, yeah, AMP landing pages is great. And that's a good example of an e-commerce application today. It's where landing pages, but the, the e-commerce stuff is still more complex. It's not quite there yet. But ultimately, this is about how do we make sure that people have good experiences from end to end? 
right? Because that's one of the big problems we see now is that people separate these things. Well, we want them to have a great experience from that first click all the way through, like all the things they do. And that's where I think WordPress is so key to this is that WordPress, people are building entire experiences on WordPress. So let's give them the way to make those entire experiences fast. And One thing I want to mention as well is that while custom JavaScript is not allowed today, work is underway to allow custom JavaScript to run in AMP pages via an AMP script uh, web component. So you'll be able to, and it, it's going to work in a way that sandboxes that, that script inside of a web worker in the browser so that it can be guaranteed to not impact the performance of the main thread. And it will allow you to run a JavaScript securely in that, that context. So that sticking point for migrating over to AMP with custom JavaScript is going to be alleviated this year. Wow. Cosper, you've been, you've talked a lot about, especially last, last episode, you know, uh, I found out that performance is your middle name. I had no idea that, that, that was uh, that was the thing, but you've been spending a lot of time and energy in the, your previous uh, two jobs of um, working in web hosting space and trying to get, trying to get all those bits and bytes out as fast as possible from the web server to the browser. And now we're looking at this saying like, okay, we've kind of figured that out. We're pretty good at that. Now we need to get the web browser to get the data painted onto the screen as fast as possible. What's your, what's your thoughts on this with having web hosting go as fast as possible, get this stuff out there. And then now you kind of handed it off to, you know, to the AMP side of things. It's like, okay, browser, go do your thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, the less hits that the server basically has to uh, to take on, especially on uh, a popular post, on uh, you know, uh, especially in the case where uh, where I mainly see AMP used is in news articles. Um, you know, uh, a new uh, week of Fortnite kicks off, and everybody wants to find out where the the chests are, and uh, you know, uh, like there'll, there'll be a whole list of like. Um, you know, here's here's all the chess locations in Fortnite for uh, you know for Tilted Towers or whatever. Like you, you know, hit it up. Community Day. That's a way better example. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but but either way, uh, and and being able to uh, to get to that data, to get to it quickly, and not have it impact uh, the server load overall, because you are kind of dishing it off to. Um, the the CDN that Google is is uh, very generously providing, um, you, you know, as, as far as that goes, um, kind of the less hits uh, that your server uh, has to bear, uh, especially on a popular article on a on a big news story, something like that, the the better, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so, yeah, and and I wanted to bring up that exactly that the amp cache point because I was talking about last week and the problem of the, the google.com slash amp URLs and how that's a pain point for, for AMP. And it is recognized as being a pain point, even in the AMP team. Like, that's not the ideal. It's just a technical limitation for, for providing that cache today. And, but I, I want to just – the reason why the AMP cache exists, number one, is to have a cache to, to send out the content to the edge around the world, but also for a very important reason – which is the privacy preserving pre-rendering, which allows for search, search results to, to, to render a given AMP page in the background without leaking the fact that you are pre-rendering that page to the origin. So then the origin site isn't able to set cookies on your browser, oh. isn't able to run JavaScript in your browser, 
until you explicitly say, I want to look at this content. And so that's why AMP pages can render instantly when you click on them in search results. It's because they pre-rendered in the background, but they pre-rendered in a way that doesn't compromise your privacy. And so that's those are two reasons why the AMP cache exists, is, is mm -hmm. performance and also for privacy. But then that URL problem is going away as well, because with uh, signed exchanges or web packaging, browsers are going to be able to show the actual URL for the AMP page as coming from the origin and not have to resort to showing google.com slash AMP. Will it still be there or just be like masked at that point or it'll still it'll be, it won't be there still at all. It'll be, it'll be similar to like, if you were getting the content via Cloudflare or Akamai, some intermediary CDN, you'd also be getting it. It'd be the, the bytes would be delivered through that CDN, but the, right. the origin it would be is, yeah. cryptographically signed to be, yes, this truly came from your website. So it would show your website's URL in the browser. Hmm. Tight. I love how Google introduced this right before they were like, and we're going to downgrade everyone who's not moving quickly on mobile. I feel like, I feel like Google is basically like, we really want to downgrade you guys, but there's no solution for making it fast. So we're going to make the solution and then we're going to hit you with a ranking, a mobile ranking hit on that. Like, like they made, they like address the problem, but they also provided a solution, which I- Carrot and stick. Carrot and stick together. That is AMP. <laughs> That's Google's approach. When you think about the big picture, though, I mean, this is part of the, the issue we run into is that a lot of these mobile experiences are pretty terrible, which the more terrible these mobile experiences are, the worse it is for the web. It's just a driver towards, all right, I don't trust my browser anymore. I'm going to use apps, which is not an ideal state for the future. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, where, where can we find more about, um, more about AMP on, um, on either Google sites or outside of um, the Googleverse yeah. part of it? What, what, what should we be looking at? There are very, there are many, many sources. Uh, I think that the main that the users should look at is one is the ampproject.org site. It's a lot of information about AMP reference docs, everything. Uh, there are sites like, for example, AMP by example, uh, that you can learn AMP looking at code snippet that you could, you know, experiment. There is a playground. All those sites are going to be integrated in a new AMP site that is going to be released uh, sometime uh soon this year. And then for the plugin in the WordPress site, we have the amp-wp.org plugin site. There is a lot of information there. Uh, the plugin is open source. You can find it in the AMP project, uh, also GitHub repository. Um, if you look for amp-wp GitHub, you're going to get it. Uh, I think that those are the main sources. And then, of course, Weston blog, my blog, medinathog.com, our Twitter account. So follow us if you want to stay um, in touch with what's happening. Well, I want to say thank you very much for the, the two of you and for the rest of you to for be on the show and to talk about this. I, I really appreciate it. And I think our, um, I think our listeners and viewers will definitely appreciate it as well, because um, this is definitely the future of, of the web, especially when it comes to making sure that this stuff loads up fast and works well and that yeah. performant as possible. And I, I appreciate that. I would like to say one closing comment. I, sorry to interrupt you. It's like, no problem. The, the, the web performance problem and the WordPress performance problem is something that we own collectively as a community, uh, and we need to work together collectively to solve it. So let's work together. So we are putting all the resources, and so let's do it. Unity. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, folks. <laughs> you have a good one. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.